So remember uh, the other day I told you that tomatoes don't belong in the fridge? Uh, yes. Because uh, you were extolling the benefits of refrigerating fruits and vegetables, some the, of which are fine in there. Right, which is why I was reticent yesterday to put the blueberries in the fridge. Yeah, I don't think blueberries need to be in the fridge either. But everything gets preserved longer in the fridge. I feel like it does. It just makes sense. because I feel it like even, it kills the flavor, though. Why, why would it kill the flavor? Certain things. It just kills the flavor. Then you're suggesting that the food breaking down in the... In the um, uh, rigor mortis process is uh, is like a healthy thing in possibly, but we, we we're not organized enough to catch that window. Maybe, maybe, but I think that certain things just when they sit in the fridge lose their goodness. And I think tomatoes are one of them. Somebody mentioned, um, in one of our podcast chats the other day, how great tomato plants smell. Do you ever notice that when you're out by the tomato plants in the garden and you like touch it and then your hands smell like tomatoes? Like the plants smell literally like tomatoes. I like that. I don't know if I know it. Know it. And it smells so good. And there's nothing like tomatoes are one of the vegetables with the biggest difference between when it tastes awesome and when it's so bland and blah. There's nothing as gross as like a gross beef steak tomato with zero flavor to it that i definitely agree with and uh, there was a my brother and i used to live in in medford next to this guy who was a psychotic who would go nuts if you parked anywhere near like he would have all his stuff out there like his barker lounger etc to to make sure you didn't park in his spaces Mm -hmm. like he had several (laughs) he felt were his (laughs) and he was a psychotic so we tried to stay away from him but he would have a glut of tomatoes every summer and he would give us these huge tomatoes. He's an Italian guy. Huge, huge tomatoes. A little bit misshapen. Not as mm-hmm. pretty as the ones that sit in the, the store. And it was the only time ever where we would eat the tomatoes as an entree. My brother and I. Yeah. And they were so good. So good. Like some garden tomatoes are just just perfect. It's so full of flavor, etc. I don't have any hope when I go to the store and there's like the I get the six tomatoes that are all identical um, in a package. I- yeah, the difference between a bad tomato and yeah. a good tomato, and a lot of people will say this about, particularly about Europe, because a lot of people travel to Europe, and I don't know what it is if the produce is just fresher in Europe or or what, but that was like one of the biggest things when I would go to Serbia in the summers. Sometimes is I would come back and the produce, in particular tomatoes, because it's like one of the most stark differences, would just taste horrific to me when i came back to the united states because it was like the the produce there was one moment so one different moment. so go right ahead um so it's it, and it's a routine complaint that people make when they travel abroad and then come back to the united states that the produce is like super bland mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's like how we preserve it and keep it good like we're such an efficient logistics country we ship all these things all over the country and everything goes everywhere and all this stuff but maybe something and we're a huge country especially compared to countries in europe for example right so but maybe something in that process is like sapping the life force out of our fruits and vegetables because you know the difference is 
huge. And I've heard people say this this year too about cherries, that the cherries are really blah this year. Well, let's. Why don't we give um, the tomato its due first of all? So one of the problems. With I mean, I'm not done with tomatoes. I'm just making a side point about like right. produce and like how big a difference it makes if it's on point or not. Well, I mean, on point is one thing, and temperature I think is an, is another thing. It's different. Mm-hmm. Things that assume room temperature, generally, I agree, taste better. I am, and I assume there's a chemistry reason for that. Mm-hmm. Even, even if it's something like a turkey and cheese sandwich, if that baby's been out for a few hours or wrapped if you're in room temperature, it's just delicious. It's a different experience, totally, from eating a cold turkey and cheese sandwich. It's mm-hmm. th- that's winning. But as far as like what happens to produce, I, so I. I I am spitballing here, but why? Why not? So, okay. I assume that when something is cold, then it is. It takes a protectionist um, turn. Yeah, probably that makes sense. Right. So it is. It is battening up the hatches, and that probably affects the sugars or whatever that are released, etc. Mm-hmm. To which brings us, by the way, of course, to the other scandal about tomatoes, which What's is the other scandal about tomatoes, which is that you. Flat earthers like yourself contend that they are a fruit. Oh, yeah. Technically, the scientists do say that, don't they? Right. And they say, like, the banana is a berry or something, right. too. <laughs> the tomatoes are not a fruit. The tomatoes are a, a vegetable. vegetable. Right. They taste they taste vegetably. A fruit I is... I mean, I think there's a difference between the culinary definitions of a fruit and a vegetable and the biological de- right. definition. Right. But the walking around definition must stay vegetable because... Right. You are getting a different um, onset of joy from the watermelon section compared to the tomato section. Right. Um, I think that that's true, although both delicious things, watermelon and tomatoes, and both things that people eat in salads. Have you noticed this? So uh, Let me tell you so, so how the- much this the food scientific community is, okay. uh, how jerky they are. Here's the definition of a tomato. This is from the University of Wikipedia. The tomato is the edible berry <laughs> of the plant Solanum lycopersicum, commonly known as, known as a tomato plant. The species originated in Western South America, mm-hmm. not in Italy, Alice. I did you, know that. You brought that. It's one of the things you brought in one of our, of our very first yes. dates. Italians Mexico and didn't Central have America. the tomato until the Colombian exchange. That's why they revere Christopher Columbus. We call it Mesoamerica. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. Mesoamerica seems like you, we need to rename a country that. That's great. What a great name. <laughs> Meso means middle. Oh, how interesting. Really? <laughs> yeah. I know that. What else means stuff? <laughs> Everything means stuff. Who use the fruit fresh in their cooking. Wow. So we got to give the Aztecs credit for yeah. Italian food. Yeah. Or Columbus. Yeah. The Spanish first introduced tomatoes to Europe, where they became used in Spanish food in France, Italy, and Northern Europe. The tomato was initially grown as an ornamental plant. Can you imagine that? They are good-looking plants. Yeah. Absolutely, they are. So, you're right back. We're trying to... Establish the peace uh, here in the house. Observe. Maybe you'll cut some things. I'm not going to cut anything. There's uh, there's blank spots in here. Um. So anyway, so 
<sighs> Sally, please help him. So a tomato features largely, Alice, in uh, in something that. Oh, do you want to keep going? In something that recently, I'm going to be moving here. Is that okay? Well, I'm not done with talking okay. about tomatoes. Okay. So. Sorry, we've been beset. Um, by so, the fruits of Alice Shattuck. <laughs> they're not my fault. <laughs> it, it could not happen without you. Um. Anyway, so I got on to this like tomato sort of train of thought because I was reading um, a thread about how tomato salads need to be treated differently from other tomatoes because you shouldn't put tomatoes in the fridge and that you have to let your tomato salads... So this is like when you do a salad without lettuce. It's like chopped up tomatoes and yes, cucumbers yes. and onions. And sure. the one in the picture looks like it has limes in it, which is intriguing to me. Well, yeah. I mean, we're, so, we're, we're taking baby steps towards salsa here, really. <laughs> really. I, I mean, but I'm a big fan of like the salad that doesn't necessarily require lettuce. Like, Oh, totally. That's all the it, that... Greeks will tell you that the Greek salad that you get at a restaurant is not a Greek salad because the Greeks don't do their lettuce salad with lettuce at least all the greek people i know say like real greek salad doesn't have lettuce it's like cucumbers and tomatoes and feta and onions of course lettuce is absolutely a filler and or sometimes a platform to put other things on right i especially don't like when there's like big huge pieces of lettuce that you have to like fold over or cut or like that just seems like a lot of work created the lettuce salad else big fork big fork yeah i prefer a salad that like you can eat with a spoon honestly and you complain that about my salads because I tend to chop everything up pretty small. I don't complain about well, it. I love the, your salads. Yeah, but you said that you're like, this is a salad I need a spoon to eat. Yeah, it's not a complaint. But, but anyway, but for tomato salads in particular, they say you shouldn't put it back in the fridge, but you should salt, season, dress the salad with your oil and vinegar or oil and lemon juice or whatever you're doing with your um tomatoes obviously tomatoes and balsamic is a winner anytime but um you know and whatever else you're putting with it and it should sit at room temperature for a while soaking up all the flavors no problem with that but what's a while is this is this no a few hours like, or is this yeah, yeah, overnight yeah. a couple hours i've got no problem with that and i i, I can see why that would be that- i mean i think you'd still be fine overnight because i mean i'm not endorsing eating rotten food obviously but um, everything in there is so acidic. I can't imagine that you would like anything, any germs could grow in there. Right. And if they did, by the way, I mean, <laughs> you're for it. For it. <laughs> well, tomatoes, you need to look out for tomatoes, especially when like canning and stuff, because and, you know, even like tomato sauces in the fridge if they grow mold, because that's a big botulism thing, which is not something that you want. Botulism is a really bad um, I disagree. illness, they say. So um, anyway, so they say I that disagree. you should... But, I, but can I, I, wanna, I want to put a pin in this for a second because okay. I have a health note for you. Okay, health note. The bounties of canned tomatoes versus fresh tomatoes. Okay. You're familiar with this, right? Yes. Um, I like tomato paste, even though I know it's really sugary. Both are very low in calories. Canned versus fresh. Mm-hmm. 
Fat and sodium, they are both good sources of fiber, vitamin C, and potassium. However, fresh tomatoes have significantly higher levels of vitamin A and K and also mm. folate. On the other hand, canned tomatoes have three times the amount of calcium and iron than the fresh ones. Hmm. I love so, canned tomatoes. I love... Canned tomatoes are really good. I, I am off it because I, I, I'm i an addict uh, of pasta and sauce and the mm -hmm. textures there. But I'll buy the tomato sauce that's just in the can that's not... Mm -hmm. Do you ever do like the whole peeled or the dust? No, I, I don't like that's It's uh, too body. It's too... Uh, but the tomato sauce, it's just simply salted, but just the liquid that usually mm -hmm. people just use to cook with. Or as a base. For yeah, I'll use that and dump a whole can into a tiny bit of pasta or like a fourth of a pound, I guess. Mm -hmm. And and then with uh, butter and um, parm cheese. And it's the, the, the tomato, it's one of those things like we talked about in the last podcast. It's one of those things where I need that hit of tomato and whatever else is in there. Mm -hmm. It's so, you, the body, oh, it's so gorgeous. I love it, but I don't Although do it vitamin anymore. A and folate means that that's great for pregnant women. I'm happy to make you some, but it's very acidic. No, no, no I mean from fresh. Oh, okay. Vitamin A and folate is more in the fresh tomatoes. Well, like. we've got tomatoes growing outside now, Alice. Yes, tomato excellent. plants are thriving, but excellent. unfortunately, we've got an emergency situation that we are under attack. Yes. Tom's collard greens, which he loves. <laughs> I've never had one in my life, but my collard greens are... Being attacked by cabbage worms or whatever. Yeah, and they're eating all of it. Yeah. They're eating every part of the collard green. It's remarkable. So if you guys know how to destroy these little bastards immediately without me Dichotomous having to touch them. Dichotomous earth is what I was reading online. What? Dichotomous earth. What does that mean? It's a thing that you can use to treat them. Oh, dichotomous earth. Yes. Do I... Where do I... What wizard do I see for this, Alice? <laughs> You just go to the alchemy store. <laughs> no, you, it's like anywhere. Okay, I'll get some. I'll get some toad eyelash too while I'm there. Um, why would that? Pardon me, sir. Where do you keep the dichotomous earth? Duh. Anyway, anyway, um. Where was I going with this thought? Um, <laughs> yeah, tomato plants outside. The collard greens are not faring well. The cucumber plant looks like it is faring well. The basil's going great, actually. Do you know? Like, do you, are you sure what? it's called? I I see diatomaceous earth. Yeah, that's how. You oh, say so it's not it. dichotomous earth. Isn't that how you say it? I have I no know. idea. It can't be said. Don't look it up, Alice. Diet you duck duck going it? Whatever, Earth. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, you buy it anywhere. Lowe's, Amazon. You can use that to treat your cabbage worms or whatever. But you got to pull them all off in their little eggies first. That they lay. I'm not their... pulling anything off. <laughs> well, then you need to get me gloves so that I can do it. Yeah, I will not be pulling the dichotomous. You know, diet. Here we go. Diet economist Earth. Is that how you say it? I don't know. You know, diatomaceous earth has oh, been around wow. for Who a knew? long time, like millions and millions of years. Who knew? And what it is, it's a powder made up of fossilized diatoms. Now, what is a diatom? Naturally. Well, that is basically algae or phytoplankton. And over eons, this uh, phytoplankton- No, it's rot. Fossilized plankton? It becomes fossilized and ends up- Alice is all in the bottom 
of a lake. And the unique thing about diatomaceous earth <laughs> wow. is it's diatomaceous silicon. Earth. Who knew? Okay? Now, when silicon is exposed to oxygen, it becomes silica. And silica is really Did good I, I for- I believe I walked into an AP class <laughs> when I should be in the remedial class. <laughs> you just want to know what to do with your diatomaceous I am what's called lost. Who knew that that's how you said that word? Well, so I need to go to the bottom of a lake. <laughs> no, you need to go to the store. Get they some have of this it earth. at the store. Where do you, where's the earth aisle? <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, we learned a new word today, I guess. Um, yeah. uh, but there is good news for the Shaddocks, despite our collard green problem. Um, let's see. Um... The house is on fire. We're going to collect. Insurance. We are now officially allowed to use the phrase Taco Tuesday. You're kidding me. Yeah. It, it's been untrademarked. Wow. That is great. Taco John's used to own the Taco Tuesday trademark. And did not let other people use it like Taco Bell. Taco John's. Taco John's. I remember Taco John's. It was a it, Taco it, John's has held the trademark since 1989 in all U.S. states except New Jersey. Taco Bell filed a petition with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office to have it reversed, arguing that no one should have the rights to a common phrase. In a statement released Tuesday, Taco John's conceded and said they are lovers, not fighters. Wow. We've always prided ourselves on being the home of Taco Tuesday, but paying millions of dollars to lawyers to defend our mark just doesn't feel like the right thing to do. Generous of them, isn't it? That's a good PR move. I like it. Um, they also like donated to something and challenged uh, to the nonprofit children of restaurant employees $100 per restaurant, and they're asking Taco Bell to match it, too. But the so, other uh, thing that I thought was interesting yeah. about this, um, LeBron James had also petitioned to trademark Taco Tuesday in 2019. For himself? Yeah, but was denied and has since appeared in a Taco Bell commercial advocating for the universal use of the phrase. So I thought this was funny because like everybody's willing to trademark the common phrase if they're the ones who own it. Like, you know, Taco Bell wouldn't just give up the Taco Tuesday trademark right. if they owned the Taco Tuesday trademark. And LeBron's appearing in the commercial to advocate for, like, everybody should be able to say Taco Tuesday when, like, he also tried to trademark it. Like, they all want to be able to stop other people from saying Taco Tuesday. But if they can't do that, then they want it to be fair for everyone, you know? So, but now the Shannix and uh, the... All You Can Eat podcast can officially have Taco Tuesday. That's right. It could previously- be sponsored, by the way, if you'd like to sponsor it, including Taco Taco John's. Alice, good news about Taco John's? Yeah. They sell a crispy taco. Obviously, the we have ruled here previously mm-hmm. that only hard shell tacos are worth the time, and they should only be... So- don't give me the street taco crap. You know, You don't want soft, doughy meat wrapped in soft dough. You need a crunch to a taco. A hard There's shell a taco. There's a place for boats. The I little mean, boats okay. sometimes. That's fine. But now we're essentially whoring the taco. Uh, you the can also pro- crisp tortilla. up the soft taco a little bit. That's right. Or somebody else could do it as well, which is what Taco <laughs> John's does now. The official taco of the um, All You Can Eat podcast, as a matter of fact. I don't know if there's any Taco John's around here. Let me see where the closest one is. Hold on. I'm duck-duck going there right now. 
I don't think there's uh, many of them in our area. I've literally never seen a Taco John's. Okay. What's our um our zip? Oh one nine eight five. Okay, here we go. Don't steal our identity. Oh, there are some. There's two in Ma- there's Lawrence Mass. Who knew that's actually really close to it us. is. And Leo Minster Mass. Wow. It's funny, there's two it's there's one in Lawrence and one in Lemonster. Taco Both John's of which after that, Alice, you've got to go to North Carolina. Oh, wow. They're in the Midwest. That's it. Huh. Oh, great. We're going to Wait, Taco John's. what's in the Midwest? What's in the Midwest? That's where Taco John's is. North Carolina's not in the Midwest. Well, this part of North Carolina, it's in near Asheville. But look, so just trust me. It's in Midwest, <laughs> okay. okay? Okay. And Cincinnati, You're Indiana. like, they're only in Massachusetts and North Carolina. Only the Midwest. Okay. There aren't any <laughs> in any part of New England, Philly, Maryland, Pennsylvania, okay. New York, Delaware, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia. Okay. It, but you named you go where o- they are and you named two places you've that aren't go to the Midwest. Ohio. Yes, it is. This part of North Carolina is in the Midwest. I don't no. know if I believe that any part of North Carolina is in the Midwest. All right, Alice. You know what they have in North Carolina? That I like, that we don't have here. Uh, I don't know. Happy Hour. Oh, Happy Hour was wiped out before I ever became of age in nineteen hundred eighty and four. Could Happy Hour help? Uh, could Happy Hour help fix Mass's fun problem? One senator thinks so. Happy Hour on alcohol has been banned in the state since the nineteen eighties. Now Senator Julian Sir has uh, proposed a bill that would bring it back. Word in the street is that Massachusetts is no fun. At least that's what Senator Julian Sir said. He's been gathering based on a lack of talk about exi- how exciting the state is. I do think we have a fun problem, he said. So they want to bring happy hour back. So happy hour, in Massachusetts now, you can have something in a bar called happy hour where you can give like dollar wings. But the problem was in the 80s, it was all... You couldn't do like a limited time drink special. Exactly. Right? There was no... And you still can't discount Because they were concerned that you would incentivize people to like pound a bunch of drinks in a short period of time, which would lead to more drunk driving. Right. Because right. that was, was like the height of drunk driving hysteria. Right. Because right? people were pounding drinks because they were cheap and fantastic <laughs> after work. And it's boss. And then they took that away from everybody. They took that away. So now they want to bring it back. And I think this is a great idea. I think that the one in 1984, even in 1989, and I hate to even tell you, like in 1991, everybody was drunk driving. Almost everybody. There was a few kids, at least even when I was in high school, who would have like the Students Against Drunk Driving shirts Mm -hmm. uh, who were like into it. But those are the kids who also were like in humanities classes together or whatever. They were like Mm -hmm. the National Honor Society. Exactly. They were kind of the elite. They were nerds anyway. Um, (laughs) Nobody wanted to. Right to drive but, drunk with them, but as teenagers, we we would never take anybody else's keys. You'd have to be legless. But everybody, well, was... and I think there's a difference between drunk driving and drunk driving. Well, yeah, well, no, no, yes, but 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 we should not have been driving, and that's part of the okay. happy hour thing. We should not have. It, it, just in the eighties and even in the early nineties, it was m- far more acceptable. To be buzzed and driving around it in areas where like I would, I would never think of it now. It also goes along with you would never back then ever wear a seatbelt. Nobody had a seatbelt. It was like it was a useless thing that they put in cars that made no sense for it. Nobody used it. <laughs> um, um, but but now just times have changed. And also I think that young people, you know, twenty two year olds after work probably are not hitting the booze like they used to. I think I don't know because I'm not out there. But I just don't get the feeling they are. And maybe because 
maybe well well we know the beer sales are down um i just think things have changed i mean edibles are legal in, in a lot of states anyway um and people you don't have to go to bars and you actually that that's it right because you you would Gen Xers went out to bars and got lit so that they had confidence to talk mm -hmm. to girls because that's where they were. And they would also be drinking as well. It was a drinking atmosphere and it was a social lubricant. You would have it. Now you can do all of your girl hunting on or boy hunting online. You can get all that stuff done. You don't have to, you know, spend your uh, your your pathetic paycheck on Eight dollar beer. Well, now it's probably twelve dollar beers at a bar. Highly inefficient. So true. Yeah. No, but I'm thinking that, that that like hookup culture has changed in that way. And also, why wouldn't you just buy the stuff? There's that... also less hookup culture too, in general. Yeah. Young people do hook up less. Yeah, I, I guess. You guess. Yeah, I mean, to incentivize somebody in their twenties to come out to a bar. They have to have, like, axe throwing or adult coloring book night or something. Right. Some kind of game. Something to be... Trivia nights are big. Yes. Were trivia nights big in your time? In my late 20s, they started to. Yeah. Well, there, were, there were nights that... that uh, I had a really hot streak of trivia. So, um, the Kinsale Pub and the Beacon Hill Pub both had trivia nights. And there was a time where me and a couple of my friends were so good at it. That there were times that we went out without enough money to go drinking, but assumed we'd win at the Beacon Hill Pub <laughs> one time at the Kinsale, and we did. Um, sometimes we didn't, <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah. So that so that was a thing. It was a destination thing. There's there's no doubt about then that. Then did you have to wash dishes? Is that a, was that ever really a thing, or did that only happen in movies? I think that's uh, a, it happened in movies thing. I don't know if I ever really. I mean, I notoriously walked out on a tab um at where was that the um two words the english pub the elephant in the castle yeah mm -hmm. that's right um in in the late 90s because they ignored us the bartender ignored me and my friends so we just said all right we can ignore you too bye bye they had that coming mm -hmm. do you believe in uh bar or restaurant retribution no do you believe in chicken recipes made by rappers no, I don't believe in. I don't believe in a lot of uh, celebrity food collabs. I guess we call them now. How about the Barbie collabs? I don't really believe in those either. I think it's all a gimmick. But although I am going to see the Barbie movie probably, but yeah, you had sent this article about this uh, food collab with this rapper or whatever collab. I feel embarrassed to say it. A uh, food collab with the rapper. Um, she's uh, pairing up with uh, Wingstop. Lato? 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 I don't know. I'm obviously extremely hip, as you can tell. Uh, so she has a food collab with Wingstop where they are doing the Lato meal, which brings a new flavor to life with 21 classic wings, two dips, and one large fry. It's a special flavor uh, that features zesty lemon, aromatic herbs, and savory garlic. I have no problem with lemon and garlic on wings. But um, 
what I have a bigger problem with is that yep. she says that uh, you can't beat this flavor. Don't play with me. I crafted my very own lemon herb, lemon herb remix flavor with Wingstop, and it's 10 out of 10, Lato said in a statement. I've been obsessed in eating Wingstop for years. To order the Lato meal just how I do, go with all flats in my signature flavor and all the ranch. So good you'll be fighting over the last wing just like my sister Brooke and I do. And my question is... Is this a thing now where people got to choose what wings come in their order? Like, I order all flats. What's a flat? As opposed to the drumstick. You know, a chicken wing, the little drumette? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the chicken wing is in two parts, so there's like two types. Huh. So you get to go to the restaurant and dictate to them, like, which type they're bringing you? First of all, I'm a child, so I order the breaded chicken tenders not the (laughs) wings anyway because i don't like my food to have bones in it um but i don't like is that a thing are you allowed to do that to go to buffalo wild wings or wing shop you should be able to you should i want all drumettes i want all what 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 if they end up with a surplus of one at the end of the day i assume that they probably would but i think you should be able to you should be able to. Maybe they should charge more. Did you realize that Lato has two songs? One is Put It On The Floor, and one is Put It On The Floor Again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. No. You're, I'm much <laughs> deeper into Lato than Alice is. I get it. Go tell Rip me out the plastic. I've been acting brand new. Bitches acting like they running shit. They really... She sounds like she knows chicken. You know? I don't know if you're allowed to say that. But she does a chicken thing. I can tell the the fact, the way she is with the lyrics tells me that this is a person whose cuisine taste I trust. Absolutely. Ran through. I spin it five hundred before I ever trap you. Why don't you talk like this, Alice? To me, romantically. I should, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll add that into my repertoire. Um, so you also sent this article about how, um, Whataburger is opening a digital kitchen, Mm -hmm. which to me made me have to go Google what's it, or sorry, DuckDuckGo, what's a digital kitchen? Right. But these are going to be what kitchens are now. Yeah. So this is going to be what restaurants are now. Yes, absolutely. So especially like fast food, fast casual. So, and I guess this is a big trend. I had heard of ghost kitchens. Right. Ghost kitchens is like what Mr. Beast burgers are. Right. Where there's not really a Mr. Beast burger, but, you know, they're having the friendlies or whatever make the Mr. Beast burger and deliver it to you so that you think that you got it from a Mr. Beast burger restaurant, but there's no actual Mr. Beast burger restaurant. That's a ghost kitchen. Um, But anyway, so I guess a digital kitchen means they have a drive-through and an app and kiosks that you can order from but there's quote limited indoor seating so it's really just the restaurant kitchen part of the restaurant right and then there's like ordering stuff so they do like food delivery like uber eats and doordash and stuff like that and you can go through a drive-through or order from a kiosk or on an app. And like I guess a bunch of restaurants are actually doing this. Like Chipotle's adding digital kitchens. Oh, and it totally makes Kava's sense. Kava's adding digital kitchens. You look at it like the Chipotle's, et cetera, standalone brick and mortars on busy roadways, like they've gotta be taking a beating for these properties. Well, yeah. I mean, you're not 
going to go in there and sit in there. And like the more restaurant kitchen you have available to you, the more stuff you can make, right? Like it just seems like it makes sense. So yeah. And I, I remember even recently, like I was for some reason, I don't remember why, but I didn't order McDonald's on the app and I went into the McDonald's to yeah. order the food. I don't know if I didn't have my phone with me or what, but I went in and I was like confused at first because I'm still like I haven't been inside one in yeah. so long. Like when I used to do that, I would you would order at the counter. Right. But I kind of stood near the counter and like nobody was there. So I yeah. wasn't sure what to do. They totally. push you to use the app from five feet in front of the person. Yeah. Or there's kiosks mm. like they were saying. So if you don't have your phone or app with you or whatever, you go to the kiosk and order. They don't anymore. I mean, they will if you like demand it, I suppose. <laughs> like if you stand at the counter long enough and look helplessly at them, I suppose they will help you place an order. But you do they do want you to just go use the kiosk. Yeah. Which well, seems like kind of a win for everybody. So this what digital Whataburger location, first of all, it's costing them $150,000 to renovate into a Whataburger digital location, which seems wild to me. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, probably most of that is like industrial kitchen equipment, like special freezers and ovens and deep yeah, fryers probably. and stuff. I mean, I think right? you're going to have most of these brick and mortars turn into multi, multifunctional businesses. Right. So, yeah. So that's um, that that's one aspect. And then like it employs 50 people. What? Humans? The, What's the, the whole Whataburger point? Digital Kitchen is going to employ 50 people, is what they said. That's You know what? I assume that's to hold off the, uh, the opposition while well, they, but if you think about while it, they work like, on cutting 50 people. Maybe they're, um, maybe they're part-timers or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe they're open 24 Maybe that's delivery. Hours maybe they assume or, it's yeah. going to be such a hub for delivery. So... So, I mean, like, it will still employ people, but they'll be doing different things. And I think in a way, like, the employees would probably prefer that. I tend to think, like, the McDonald's employees would prefer not to be standing at the counter taking your order from you. They'd prefer to be chilling in the back of the kitchen talking to the other people and listening to music. I and don't know the anymore. There are some people who get satisfaction out of front-facing stuff. Oh, uh, it's unbelievable. It's, it's I've amazing. done it for many years. Do. We still didn't get to our voice messages. Oh, Alice! Next episode, we promise. Sorry. Well, I hate nostalgia because I can't climb up that hill without thinking your name. I hate nostalgia still think about you. It's been so long, I'm so lame. I hate nostalgia. Hope you hate it too. Hope you wonder what am I doing and who I'm pursuing. I hope you think I lead. Really exotic life the way I think about you You probably have a wife of your job And you go to church on Sundays And barbecue on weekends out in your backyard And sometimes think about me I mean, after all, how much ice cream did we those summer nights when no boundaries we'd exceed Yeah, they felt so right You were so tall, dark, and handsome 
I was young, blonde, cute, sweet, and innocent then. Sometimes, man, I kick myself for saying this, but I wish I could go back when I hit nostalgia 'cause I can't climb up that hill without thinking your name. I hit nostalgia, I still think about you. 